Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Well, g'day church. My name's Tim, and I'm on the ministry team here at Yorkie. It's um, great to see you on the first day of the new year. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, it? I wonder if you've ever played a game where you've had to be blindfolded and led around. Now, there's a, we don't have a, there's a few youth here. I'm sorry, a bit of a spoiler alert. I used to play a game in kids' ministry and youth ministry where we would get mouse traps. Some of these games you can't do anymore. Um, and we'd put all these mouse traps down and we'd blindfold someone and walk them through the maze of mouse traps. And, and of course, to show the example, you would set one off and, you know, in a ruler or something, smack. And, you know, and they'd be petrified and they'd go through. Now, the trick was to face the mouse traps away from the person. That way, if they ever did set it off, it'd always snap away and wouldn't get them, unless they had their heel, maybe. But nine times out of ten, it was safe. If you've ever played a game where you were blindfolded, you know what it's like to sort of go, I'm dependent on someone else to guide me through. Sometimes in life, we're a bit the same. Sometimes we really are dependent. Sometimes we, we, we need to let someone guide us through life. If you've ever felt that fear of anxiety of, of what this year's going to hold, maybe you've felt a little bit lost. Maybe you've felt... This, this sadness or grief on what has happened in the past. And you need someone to guide you, someone that will keep you safe from the mousetraps, someone safe from the potholes. Then today is a message for you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we, we open up your word, I pray that you will reveal to us what your plans are for us this year. Lord, I pray you will give us the confidence that we can trust your voice and that you will guide us into 2023, because you have already gone before. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. So I was, we were on our last night as a family in Sydney before uh, Yvette and the kids were about to head back to Ballarat. We'd, we'd just done eight, eight years of ministry at an incredible um, urban, suburban church and, and it was a great time, and, and we were just about to leave. So it's all, all the emotion of leaving a home, leaving you know, where, where our youngest, Geordie, was born. All, all There's so much emotion all tied up in it. And I'd borrowed the next-door neighbor's trailer to take a load back to Victoria. But in the process, I broke it. And it's like, you don't want to go, oh, here's your trailer back. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, no. And so I'd taken all of my, nearly all of my garage tools and everything else back to Victoria, but I still had a welder and a giant disc grinder. That was all I had left. And so I thought, I can cut some steel, I can patch this, I can weld it back up and give it back to him. This will be great. I had no gloves, I had no safety mask, no nothing. And so as I'm trying to weld with my eyes closed, I realise this isn't working so well. I know how to fix this. I'll open my eyes. Those people are saying that know, this, know what's about to happen. School of hard knocks here. And, um, and so I'm like, welding away and, and gave the guy back his trailer. He's, oh, you didn't need to fix that. It was really old. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's still. You know, good. 
that night about 2 a.m., I go, oh, oh, what is that? Oh, I thought I must have rubbed chemicals in my eyes. I, I, to even open my eyes, it was just so much pain. I crawled out of bed, and I'm working my way to the bathroom, trying to feel my way. I've got no idea where I am, and I'm walking around the house. We've got a two-story house, by the way, so I'm trying to avoid the stairs. And, and, and I, I found my way to the bathroom, and I've turned on the lights, not that I can see, and I've worked my way up to the bench, and I'm looking in the mirror, like, no, and I can't see anything. They're, they're not red or, or bloodshot, but, but the pain was excruciating. And so I'm still trying to be quiet. So now I'll go, I'll just wake a vet up. So now I'm crawling back. <laughs> like, honey, her last night's sleep before moving. The, the last night in our, in our bed, in our bedroom, is totally interrupted because she takes me to emergency. And I am so reliant on her. She's, she's guiding me into the emergency room. And, I, and, and like, there's this giant footpath. It's totally safe because she's guiding me. But I'm like, all insecure. Like, looking for, yeah, pretty much look like that the whole way. Trying to work. You're taking videos of this, aren't you? <laughs> Working my way into the emergency room. Once we get there and, and we've explained what's going on, the nurses are amazing. They're taking great delight at going, turn right at the blue wall. Like, <laughs> thanks. Thanks, guys. One of the nurses started to describe her appearance. I'm in my mid-20s. I'm blonde. I'm super attractive. It's like, okay. Turns out it's this little old lady. She's beautiful. Uh, as I left, once they fixed the eyes, I turned around, she gave me a little wink. <laughs> the nurse had a great time. The, 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 I ended up going into um, one of the... They got me straight through. They were incredible. And um, they gave me these drops, and I don't know what were in the drops, but instantly the pain went away. And I was okay on, in the moment, just straight away. Um, I went from being totally dependent on a vet to guide me, Yvette to lead me to being able to see. You see, sometimes I feel like that's, that's what God is like with us. We're totally dependent on God while, while he's setting up the framework that we understand his plan and we go, okay, I, I, I'm still listening to you, but I can do a bit myself. Sometimes we, we need a bit of a framework to work out how are we to live? Where are the dangers so that we know where the parameters are? God, you need to tell me where I can't go so I know when I can go. And today's scripture is all about that. In Colossians, it's, it's this passage that's it's on, our wrist, on our wristband. It's the passage that we, we studied last year, the, the first part of last year. And I think it's really appropriate that we, we just touch on it once again as a bit of a reminder as we lead into 2023. Colossians 3, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is hidden in Christ. Today the takeaway is this, in 2023, I want you to know that earthly things still exist. In 2023, it doesn't mean that all your problems are going to go away. In 2023, it doesn't mean that, that all of the pressures and the emotional stuff that's happened in the past isn't still there. Life still happens. 
The, the passage says, set your mind on, on things above, not on earthly things, but earthly things will still exist. Temptation will still exist. There's going to be opportunities for us to mess up and fail. They're still there. And so we see that God is pleading with us to set our minds on him, not on those things. It goes on to, to give us a bit of a framework of how we do that in Colossians 3 in verse 4. And it says this, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When Christ, who is your life, Christ is your life. What this is saying is if you're going to set your minds on things above, if you're going to focus on God, you really have to commit. You have to commit. You you can't be half-hearted about it. You've got to be all in. If you are Christ, if you are living for him, if you are focused on him, you're all in. Actually, to not be all in can be dangerous. I've got permission to show you a clip. This is is from a while back, and it's not his greatest greatest jump or anything by far, but I want you to show a little clip of Ryland um, going for a ride. That's good to me. <laughs> the piano that he was in the air. Like, that's, that's huge distance. He, and before that, he jumps over a road leading into that. The only way you can do that, jumping over the road, then jumping a huge distance like that, is to commit. Quite often, when, when Ryland's riding with me, he'll go, Dad, stop hitting your brakes. <laughs> and I'm like, but I'm going really fast. And I really hurt myself. And, it, and I'm scared. He goes, yeah, but if you don't commit, you're going to hurt yourself. I think I am committing. He says, no, you're not. How do you know? He goes, you're using the wuss lever. (laughs) Don't use the wuss lever. Stop using the brake. You you see, the thing about some of these tracks that he he rides, my idea of a ride is a nice little bush track. "Ah." That's how I broke my leg on one of those. Ryland's idea of racing, like riding, is just like things and jumping in the air and your bike sideways and you're like, ah, and you're like crazy stuff. But, but to be able to do that, you've got to commit to some of the corners. If you don't commit into the, the built-up corner, chances are you're going to go straight over it into the bush or you're going to be in the really rough stuff or into the rocks and you're going to hurt yourself. You've got to commit. And as Christians, it's the same. You can't be half-hearted about it. We've got to commit. You can't go, I'm going to set my eyes on God in this area, but not in this area. Man, you're going to be doing damage. You've got to commit. It says, when Christ, who is your life, you're all in. He is your life. You've got to commit. We've got to be so committed to God in all that we do. And what I love about Scripture is it then tells us how to do it. It then starts to list out some of these things. In verse 5 it says this, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Remember, the, the earthly things still exist. Sexual immorality. Things are outside God's design for sexuality. Impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. It goes on to say, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways 
in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourself of these such things, things such as anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to one another, since you have been taken off the old self with his practices. You see, it's, it's a little bit like this. It's like when you, you go for a drive and the weather conditions aren't ideal. And when you're driving on the road, there's these little lines on the side of the road. What, is, what are they called? They're called something lines. Yeah, we call um, fog lines, safety lines, whatever you want to call them. But these little fog lines on the side of the road help you know where the boundaries are to drive on. Sometimes they even put corrugations on those little ripple strips so that when you're driving, there's this indicator when you get closer to the edge, zzzz, if you start hearing, ding, 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 that's the white post, you've gone too far. <laughs> so just zzz, good, ding, ding, not good, okay? But, but the idea of, of these ripple strips are to make sure that you are driving in the safe space where you're meant to be driving. I actually really like this picture because if you look on the, on the right-hand side of the screen, you see there's actually a, a lot of space over here. And you could be driving on there going, hey, why should I stay within the lines? There's a whole heap of road over here, but you see where it leads. The reason there's a safety line is that nice bit of bitumen goes straight into a tree. And when, when life happens, when the fog of life starts to happen, when the pressure starts to rain in, and you go, man, how should I be living my life? I need someone to guide me. God goes, I have some boundaries. I've got some fog lines. I have a ripple strip for you to show you how to live in a way that's going to stop you from hitting the trees, from, from, from hitting the posts, from doing damage to yourself and damage to others. Now, sometimes we, we think in church, oh, man, there's all these rules. Is following Jesus just about the negative? And we've just heard it, communion, now it's about love. And I love the passage then counters the dangers by saying, hey, how about this? In verse 10, we have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and in the image of its creator. And when you create something, you've got a fair idea of the creator. The creator knows best. And this is where God just says, hey, I'm here for everybody. There is no Gentile, which is outside of the Jewish nation, which is the whole world, or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised. There's no rituals you need to do to be identified as a, as a follower of Jesus Christ. You can just, through love and acceptance of who he is, be one of his followers. You don't need to do anything because he did it all for us. Barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, and this is where like the rules are such a downer, right? This is such a, man, it's so hard being a Christian. Who would want to be a Christian? Because a Christian might be a little bit like this, holy, dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Like, oh, what a downer. Who would want to be with those people? Like, how good does it sound? <laughs> Bear with one another with forgiveness. Forgive one another uh, as any of your grievances against someone, for as the Lord loved you. It was just a, a couple of weeks ago that we had this big day of blessing through the reverse Advent calendar uh, ministry. And we had all sorts of 
amazing things happening out in the car park. We had petting zoos, we had free drinks, we had face painting, we had this balloon artist that was unlike anything I've ever seen in my life, just phenomenal. Um, there was the coffee cart, just, it was running out of water because they were just going through so many coffees and, and doing an amazing job. Everyone was just loving their community. We had around 2,000 plus people come through the doors that day. And that the conversations that are starting coming out of this, of how God was moving in and through his church. And I stood with a gentleman out in the car park for quite a period of time as he sort of shared what had been happening in his life. And he'd had a pretty rough season. And he's just looking at it, just going, why? How are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I said, well, we're Christians. God loves us and we want to love others. He goes, like, I've, I've never really had much of a faith. I've never really followed God. And, and in that moment, you, you, when you're having those conversations, you don't go, man, I've got all the answers. Usually you go, I've got no idea what's coming. God, can you give me something to say? I'm dependent on God. So God gets the glory for the conversations. And God quickened to me this, this conversation which went around like, if we're wrong man, we're doing a good job being wrong, aren't we? Man, we're making a positive impact by being wrong, aren't we? But what if we're right? So we've got all ages and all stages. We've got young people and old people that are on spectrums, that have some, some things that in the world they might be classed as different, but they are using their gifts and they are empowered and they're serving and they are a huge part of our community. We've got all generations, from, from young to old, all serving, all aligning, giving to our community. Why do we do it? Because God loves us, and God loves you. And God can love you through us. That's it. Is, is there anything else? Like, no. Go, say, so how much do you get paid? <laughs> I said, well, that's why we're here. It's all about the money, really. It's government-funded, the subsidies. I said, no. I said, this is a Monday. Actually, the staff have their day off on a Monday. No one is getting paid today. We're all volunteering our time. And he, he, just, he just stood there for the whole day. He would cry. He would have a conversation with somebody else, seeing if it's all legit. And he was just wrestling all day with, how are these people showing love to me and love to so many others? And of course, we're able to say, like, it's not just us doing the boxes. Like, the city of Ballarat have contributed the boxes. But what you see today is largely the church, loving the community. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. And it goes on in Colossians 3 verse 14, it says that I have all of these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. We've got to put on love. How do we put on love this year? Well, to put on love means we've, we've got to look at Jesus, the author of love, the perfecter of love, the one that lived out love, that loved you so much that he went to the cross. It wasn't nails that held him there. It was his love for you. If you want to see what love looks like, if you want to set your eyes on love, you want to set your mind on love, look to Jesus. Look to him. What does this look like? I think this can be a bit of an anthem as we we start the year. In Matthew 14, verse 22 to 33, we see that Jesus had just had this moment where he'd been caring for others so much. 
giving of himself, teaching, doing incredible things, and he needed some time with God. He actually needed some time. It's, it's sort of like he needed to, to withdraw, not, not just to watch Netflix, but he needed to withdraw to spend time with his Heavenly Father, to get perspective, to reset, to hear from God. I'm pretty sure he was tired as well. You know, Jesus was human. There's times when he was so tired he fell asleep in a boat in a giant storm. Like, he was human. But he went to spend time with God, retreated. But even in order to do that, he had to send his disciples off. He said, you know I love you guys. You know I'm here for you guys, but you guys go ahead. I'll catch up. Where was a head? A head was on a boat across a lake. It's like, okay, you'll catch up? Like, freestyle? Like, what, what, how are you going to catch up? But anyway, they, they're obedient and they go across the lake. Jesus spends his time and then Jesus goes to catch up, as he does, <laughs> walking on the water. They see him coming and just because they've been spending lots of time with Jesus doesn't mean that they, their minds don't still get caught up on earthly things and doesn't mean they don't still get distracted and all of a sudden they go, it's a ghost. Jesus is like, it's me, guys, it's me. And they're like, okay. And Peter goes, if it is you, call my name. Jesus goes, okay, I'll play the game, sure. Peter, it's me. And he goes, okay, well, well, I'll come out to you. And Peter, looking at Jesus, steps out onto the water and puts his foot down, and it holds him. He takes another step looking at Jesus and starts walking on the water towards Jesus with, with, with all the other stuff that, that goes against everything that we know to be right in the world. He's able to do something incredible because he's looking at Jesus. But then, even as he's looking at Jesus, Jesus is right there. The world still happens. And he looks around, he sees the, the waves aren't all that gentle anymore the waves are are crashing around him and he's like um and as soon as he takes his eyes off jesus he starts to sink and he's sinking down in the water and jesus goes (laughs) serves you right (laughs) of course it doesn't jesus is is god and god is a god of love he's the creator of love he made you for a relationship with you jesus doesn't sit there going well serves you right Jesus isn't like spiteful or this is going to be a good lesson for you. Jesus is, is right there and the, the second Peter looks up, realizes what's going on, all distracted with the storms of life, distracted with the things around him and he realizes the only way out of this, I could swim back to the boat but I'm panicking, I'm going to look back to Jesus and what he sees, and I love this, it's a really famous painting, is this is what Peter sees. Jesus could almost be a ranger. Almost got red hair in there, but don't say it like that. There's nothing wrong with rangers, you know. I was just looking at it the other day, and that's really red. But what I love about this picture is that in this moment of need, when Peter is sinking, Jesus is there with love in his eyes, holding out his hand. I want you to know that the world will still happen this year. Things are going to crash around us this year. That's what happens in a broken world. But the moment that you look to Jesus, this is what you're going to see. He's there holding out his hand for you. He will pick you up. 
He will put you back on the path. And even when, when the world's still crashing, he will guide you. Even if you go, I just got to put faith in you. I don't know what I'm heading into, God. Will you guide me? He will lead you through that to a point where you know where the boundaries are and you can live the way he's called you to live. I want to encourage us this year to be able to take Jesus' hand in those times where things are tough. Don't try and work your own way out of the water. Yes, you can swim, most of us. But what better? Why would you swim when you can walk? Why why would you swim when when you can go with your Lord and Savior, the Creator, who can lead you out of, of this storm, out of this season, out of this terrible place? Why would you try and do it on yourself when you have access to the author, the Creator of love, the Creator of life? I want you to know this in closing. Life happens and life will happen this year. If we focus on Jesus, we're setting our eyes and our minds and our hearts in the right direction. And when things get tough, take Jesus' hand. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you give us this guideline for how to live. You set up these ripple strips as warnings so that we don't run into the, the, the big problems that happen when we live outside of your plan. We thank you that when we live within your gracious model for life, that is attractive not just to us but for others. And by living in that way, others get drawn into a relationship with you. Lord, I pray that this year, that we would be able to set our hearts and minds on you, that we would be able to follow Jesus and hear your voice, and that when things get tough, our first reaction would be to reach for you, to lead us through whatever this year takes. We know that when you lead us, you do it with love. Lord, help us to live in that love. In your name we pray. Amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.